It's time for View from Military Mind Daily View for Monday, May 11, 2020. Views and opinions about world and national events from the minds of the men and women that are defending and have defended our freedoms for the past 244 years. Unfiltered, unedited, and definitely not PC. If you're ready, let's move out. On today's show, in the first segment, we'll look at some of the top stories. COVID-19 will be the first one. Now a bar to enlistment in the military? Talk about waffling, they've already changed their mind. Texas Supreme Court orders the salon owner released from jail, and Senator Ted Cruz, among others, visits her as she reopens her business. We'll see what's going on with that. In our third story, religious freedom, suspended until further notice? Come on, guys, we can't do this. We'll take a look and see what's going on with it. In the second segment, we'll go in-depth and share opinions on the economy and what's happening there. And finally, thoughts and views from my military mind on Lieutenant General Michael Flynn and see what's going on with him now. Now, if you want to contact us and be part of uh, View from Military Mind, you can write to us at vfamm2020 at gmail.com or visit us on our website at viewfrommilitarymind.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at viewfrommilitarymind.com. If you'd like to be a Patreon supporter, go to Patreon and look for View from Military Mind and support us. So right after the break, we'll get started. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit hfotusa.org. All right, welcome back. Um, first thing we're going to get into is this COVID-19. Uh, of course, we've all been dealing with it for a while now, uh, a couple of two or three months, and it's ridiculous. Now the military has jumped in there, and last week on the 6th, which is last Wednesday, basically they came out and said, you, if you've been tested for it or you have been diagnosed with it, um, you can't serve our country. You can't join the military because you've had it. Now, is this uh, you know, is it knee jerk? You know, what's the basis for this determination? You know, is it medical, scientific, protect the force, or like I said, knee jerk? It's not really explained fully. Um, the U.S. Entrance Processing Command reportedly issued a memorandum to recruit processing stations that said 
a prior official diagnosis of COVID-19 would be considered disqualifying for those looking to join the forces. Um, and this was reported uh, in the Military Times last Wednesday. It says, during the medical history interviewer examination, a history of COVID-19 confirmed by either a laboratory test or a clinician diagnosis is permanently disqualifying. Now, what makes it kind of suspect is this Twitter, this thing first appeared on Twitter, uh, the document. Of course, then a spokeswoman from the Pentagon confirmed uh, two military times when it reported the memo was authentic. So uh, now, in light of that, you know, recruits can't apply for waivers. Hell, they got waivers out there for everything under the sun already uh, to include some criminal acts they've got waivers for. Um, but at that time, it remained unclear what further guidance for exceptions to the policy was going to actually be available. Um, it, they did not explain why a positive COVID-19 test result would be considered disqualifying. So we don't know what the reasoning behind it is. And they're saying it's because there's still a number of unknowns about the flu-like illness. So because we don't know what's going on, uh, we're unsure. We're just going to ban everybody across the board. Uh, doesn't sound, you know, too good to me. You know, there's there are a lot of they don't. You know, they don't know how permanent the virus damage to the respiratory system is and the possibility for patients to have flare-ups or be susceptible to contracting again. Okay, I get it. You're trying to protect the force. You're trying to make sure you're not liable for caring for these people for the rest of your life like some of them do. But um, this is kind of nuts. Just all of a sudden, you know, slam. You, you can't join the military. I'm sorry. Um, of course, the... I got a copy of the memo, and it's rather extensive. It's just like any other military memo. It has all kinds of jargon in it. But um, what we just went through basically is what it said. Now, fast forward to Friday. Uh, the updated guidance allows for unhospitalized COVID-19 survivors to join the military. Now, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um the command in charge of processing the new recruits, this came from Military Times again, um, has updated its policy for uh, assessing coronavirus survivors, loosening the restrictions, banning anyone who's been diagnosed to only those who were hospitalized because of complications. So you can have it and get in, but if you've been hospitalized because you had complications, I, sorry, you're not coming in. Um, uh, on one hand, I can see that. We don't want to assume the responsibility of something that happened outside the military service. We have a lot of people we're responsible for now. Why add to that? Because um, there will be people that try to come in just to get that care um, from the military free of charge. Uh, I know it sounds kind of uh, rough, but it, it does happen. Um, and it says here... Uh, that it was part of an interim memo, which characterized COVID-19 as a no-go. Um, so they've updated that. You know, and during the medical history interviewer examination, you know, history of COVID-19, either uh, confirmed either by laboratory test or clinician, um, is permanently disqualifying is what the memo read. Of course, now the uh, MEPS, or uh, Military Interest Processing uh, Center, will now accept crews who have tested positive as long as they haven't been hospitalized. So that's a little bit better. You can have it, 
but as long as you didn't get hospitalized with complications over it, you can go in there. Um, it did not provide any specific definition of hospitalization, which could include layers of severity from emergency room visit to supportive care like oxygen and fluids to uh, intubation for a ventilator, uh, things like that for, to facilitate breathing. You know, they are testing all new basic trainees for coronavirus upon arrival. Uh, there's several layers of screening a recruit, recruit goes through before swearing in as a matter of practice. So they're trying to filter out issues that could affect individual unit readiness down the line before that point. Um, of course, MEPCOM is responsible for medical exams to, to determine the fitness of duty or fitness for duty prior to uh, a soldier arriving to his basic combat training station, uh, whether that be Navy, Marine Corps, Army, Air Force, Coast Guard, uh, whatever branch they prefer to go in, and that's whether it's Reserve or National Guards, they're responsible for that, uh, that medical validation. So, and they will, they will go through it. Of course, things like, you know, heart defects or asthma, as well as certain behavioral conditions, uh, like clinical depression or uh, uh, ADD, they're still, you know, they're still disqualifiers for you coming in. Uh, with so little research on the long-term implications of COVID-19, MEPCOV is errant. They're trying to err on the side of caution. I get it. Um, but your, your interim memo come out and just kind of almost wipe the slate out. You're having a hard enough time pe- getting people into the military branches as it is. Uh, let's not cut the, uh, the soldier off of the knees. And he really didn't have anything to do with it or the, the future, uh, service member. So. But that's where we stand at that. Um, they're going to keep testing on it. They're going to keep revising that. So let's kind of keep an eye on that, especially if there's any of you out there between the ages of you know 17 and 36 who would like to go in the military. Let's, let's keep that in mind. Um, watch what you're getting involved with. Um, a little bit more on the, uh, the, the military side of the house here. Uh, the Pentagon is still working on guidance for garrison commanders in states uh, lifting coronavirus stay-at-home orders, trying to figure out how they're going to open up that. I do know that a couple of the bases, I've talked to some of my contacts there, um, they're allowing more operation on the bases. Uh, they're in small groups, platoon size or less, which is average about uh, 20 to 30 people, uh, four squads, to be able to get out there, be able to have social distance, but still be able to do their jobs. Um, this is kind of rough on an infantry unit. If any of you are familiar with infantry units, they're really tight knit. They work in close quarters all the time. So it's going to be a little bit different training scenario. Same with air crews, um, on helicopters and uh, things of that nature. Fixed wing, I couldn't, I, I can't see where you're going to get a social distance on there because your pilots are right next to each other. Uh, on helicopters, they got a little bit of a space, but they're also, uh, pretty much open air. Uh, so we'll see how that works. We'll keep you posted on that. Um, we've got large military communities in Texas, Georgia, and Florida. Uh, they're trying to get these things opened up. Like I said, my contacts at the bases, uh, people that I know of, have said they are working on it. Uh, they're starting to work more in their offices. Um, they're just reducing the manpower. And if they have a large command operation, they rotate those people in and out. So uh, they're working with it. And hopefully we can get past this mess and uh, our military people can get back to doing their job like they'd like to. All right, next thing we're going to take a look at is the Texas Supreme Court orders the salon owner, Shelley Luther, uh, released from jail 
after that fine judge in her little town put her in jail, uh, which is like asinine. Uh, but yeah, Shelley Luther has been released and she's still fighting. Uh, she's still kicking around in there. Now, she, as we all know, she was uh, put in jail for defying the stay-at-home order and opening her salon up because she was going broke. Her and her stylist were going broke, uh, had no income. And I, I can't blame the woman. Uh, it did come out in one of the uh, the news feeds that I read today that, well, you know, she got the uh, PPP. It wasn't quite enough, as we've been finding out from many small business owners. They're not getting a whole lot to be able to support their employees through the time that they're going to be closed down. And they were looking at another two weeks of being closed uh, when uh, Ms. Luther did this. Well, now she's got some big backers. Of course, you know, we know that the Texas Supreme Court ordered the Dallas salon owner released. You know, as uh, Governor Bannett, uh, Governor Abbott in Texas bans jailing citizens for lockdown violations. Um, in all reality, he shouldn't have had to do that. Um, but these are some of your local, uh, I, I call them authoritarians or totalitarians. My God, they've got power now, so they're going to exercise it. Keep in mind, folks, these are guidances and orders. They're not law. Okay, so how they can come up, I'm still trying to figure out. If there's a lawyer out there listening to me, please contact me at vfamm2020 at gmail.com or at viewfrommilitarymind.com. Let me know how this works where, you know, you've got one of these orders like this or a, um, a, a directive from your local government. How does that work that you can be fined and jailed because it wasn't a, pro- a due process law? So let me know how that works. I, I'm really curious. I can't seem to find a whole, and I'm not a lawyer, please. I, I'd rather for it come from uh, one of the legal beagles out there. But, you know, she is free. Um, several prominent politicians have uh, visited her, Sarah Palin being one of them. Um, most recently, Ted, uh, Senator Ted Cruz visited, and he got a haircut. And, of course, he practiced, you know, the best social distancing that he could, being in a, uh, a barber's chair, and he did wear a face mask. So... You know, everything's been rescinded. She's, she's doing her thing. Her stylists are back to work. And we need to watch how our government officials are applying uh, some of these rules and uh, getting out of bounds. So, all right, Another one that gets out of bounds here, religious freedom. Is this suspended until further notice? Well, the federal government has stepped in and said, okay, enough is enough. It, it really is. You know, with the, the Shelley Luther issue being, you know, fined and jailed because she had her business reopened it. Um, and then the Illinois governor, uh, J.B. Pritzker, you know, says the churches may not open for a year or more. So telling the churches you can't open, now you've just violated religious freedom. Um, Norman, Oklahoma mayor, uh, Bria Clark, you know, she had to back down when U.S. Attorney Timothy Downing in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, saw what she was doing, and he sent a letter to her saying, no, you can't. So she had to rewrite her proclamation uh, for, re- for reopening. Uh, Kentucky churches, you know, they got a win in Kentucky because they were trying to make them stay closed. The federal court there said if chain stores such as Home Depot and Kroger and Lowe's, if they can stay open, 
and social distancing is good enough for them, so can churches. So Kentucky, bad boys, stop. Okay. California churches are openly defying Governor Newsom's order, and they're going back to church. Um, it, it really amazes me just how far some of these uh, leaders will go to force their power on people. Here they're intentionally, I mean, you had the one place in Mississippi, in Greenville, Mississippi. They were out there in the parking lot practicing their, their religion with a church service, social distance, and the mayor had the law enforcement go out there and issue them citations because they were violating the stay-at-home order. Are you kidding me? Come on. Um, it, I cannot fathom sometimes the how far some of these politicians will stoop in order to exercise their power. So I'm 100% behind the federal government on this one and the people that are pursuing it to put a stop to these overreaches. And of course, uh, Attorney, Joe, Attorney General William Barr has told the Justice Department attorneys to be on the lookout for uh, coronavirus shutdown orders that um, impinge on constitutional rights. And the courts have stepped in to police some of the more aggressive shutdowns, which is great. When you start affecting our rights, the people start standing up. I mean, just take a look at Michigan. They're about ready to tear that state apart because of an ignorant governor that thinks she can just run things uh, like Mussolini. So uh, I don't condone violent protest or outbursts or breaks, but I do support calm, peaceful protest and civil disobedience that does not include violence. So more power to them. Stand your ground, people. Don't let these politicians overstep their bounds. And you know, educate yourself about your laws and your orders and things like that. And you know what comes on election day. Vote their happy asses out. Send them on home packing where they can stay there and uh, lick their wounds and cry over the, their stupidity. So give us a minute. We'll be right back and we'll get into our next segment. Uh, where we're going to get in depth about the economy and what's going on with it. So just hang tight with me and we'll be right back. We will never fully understand what we've asked of our military service members, of their families or their children, asking them to deploy, patrol, stay on watch, on point, asking them to put themselves in harm's way, to endure it all. But we do understand that it's our turn, our duty, to bring them all the way home, to keep them secure, to have their backs for the rest of their lives. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs do whatever it takes to help our most severely ill or injured veterans live independently, at no cost, for life, so that they might stand at ease. Find out how you can help at findwwp.org. All right, welcome back. Uh, wounded Warrior Project, outstanding uh, foundation, helping our wounded warriors, uh, my brothers and sisters that are coming home who need the help, um, uh, suffering from the wounds of war, 
and uh, those operations that we go on. Um, so please support uh, Wounded Warrior in your area at www.wwp.org. All right, we're going to take a look at the um, uh, the economy and what's in store for the nation as we go ahead. Um, one of the things that law, um, lawmakers are looking at right now are reforms to the $600 unemployment benefit uh, in a bid to save jobs because we've got some folks out there that have decided that, hey, I'm getting $600 on top of my unemployment. I'm not going back to work. I'm going to set my happy butt at the house and uh, feed off the government for $600 on a week on top of what I've got. Um, it's really crazy uh, that people would do this, but this is the time and age we live in. Uh, we've got a lot of the, the folks out there have decided that eh, the government's going to provide it. I'm going to sit my butt at home. I'm not going to be a productive member of society other than sitting back and drawing a government check. Well, guess what? The rest of us who work and bring in money on our own, have to pay taxes, and we're paying for your lazy butt to sit there. So the lawmakers are eyeing reforms to this. Um, you know, so the urgency is that business owners with, with the, the granted uh, Paycheck Protection Program are having a hard time rehiring furloughed workers back because of the unemployment benefit. Um, and if they can't get those workers back, they risk that loan not being forgiven. So that means now they're out even more money. Um, they're hoping to address that problem, which stems the fact that the increased benefits mean that many would lose money either by reducing the payment or providing workers with a bonus for staying on the job. Um, I would say, hey, this is the end of it. you got to go back to work. And if you do not go back to work when it's offered to you, you no longer have benefits you've chose of your own accord to stay unemployed. So... Uh, of course, now we hear from uh, Mitt Romney out of Utah. Uh, he has proposed a Patriot Pay, which provided essential workers earning less than 50000 a temporary bonus of up to $12 per hour for May, June, and July, which are the remaining months, of, which are the remaining months of the $600 payment if unemployment benefits are not extended. Okay. Healthcare professionals, grocery store workers, food processors, many others, um, every day risk their safety for health and well-being, of and and they deserve unwavering support. So, I don't know how that works in there because they're working still. Uh, this is about people who have been furloughed and are not working, and who don't want to come back to work. They want the free ride. Um, but it's. The whole thing is unfair to the people that are working and to the the business owners, especially the small business owners out there that uh, want to reopen their business, but they can't get these workers back to work because they're getting a government handout that's larger than they ever would have gotten in the first place because they can't get them to come back to work. Um, they want to sit at home. So the, the lawmakers need, this is where our lawmakers need to be forced to do their job. You know, stop the handouts, stop incentivizing being out of work, stop the liberal or progressive or socialist. This this is progressive socialism here, in a nutshell. Government pays you to sit on your butt at home and do nothing. You're on the dole. we got to stop this. Um, yes, they needed the help. We all need, by God, we all needed the help. 
but when you've got people that sit out there and decide that they're going to try to stay on that, you know, we need to put a stop to it. There should be something in place that as soon as your employer offers you, offers you your job back, your benefits end. That's it. Stop. No more. And if you decide to go ahead and stay out, well, guess what? Now you need to restart your unemployment benefits because you refused a job. At one time, it used to be that way. If you refused a job, your unemployment benefits stopped. So that being said, so I can really carry on with that one. Um, of course, we know that um, Secretary Mnuchin, Steve Mnuchin, is you know, they're focused on rebuilding the economy along with President Trump and his, his cabinet. I want to try to get this thing uh, restarted and get going again. Um, of course, they've sought, on Sunday, they sought to lower short-term expectations on the cratering economy, predicting that unemployment will spike in the second quarter while promising a historic rebound in the latter half of 2020. Of course, that's right before the presidential election. Um, the reported numbers are probably going to get worse before they do get better, which I, you know, I see that. Everybody sees that. You don't have to be a financial wizard to figure that one out. Um, they say that's why they're, they're focused on rebuilding the economy. Um, so they'll have a better third quarter and we'll have an even better fourth quarter. And the next year, you know, hopefully we've rebuilt and we've, uh, recovered, and it'll be another great year like we've just presently we've just had before this coronavirus hit. Um, and despite the pundits out there, um, you can scream and holler that it's President Trump's fault altogether. It's not. It takes, you know, they've talked about it takes a village to raise a child. Well, guess what? It takes a government to make things like this happen. He can't just do it on his own. So it, this is not just one man's fault. It is a whole entire organization's fault, not one administration. You've got career bureaucrats up there that have gone in and done things. I refer back to bureaucrats and politicians that tried to infringe on our religious freedoms, um, trying to make people stay at home and not work for a living and you know provide for their children or families. So this is all part of it. Um, of course, they are saying we're going to get better. Uh, we do know the jobless rate soared in April to 14.7%. That is the worst since the Great Depression. But this is not the Great Depression. Okay, this wasn't caused by bursting a bubble or finances tanking. This was caused by, in my opinion, and that's what this segment is about, my opinion, my viewpoint. In my opinion, it's overreaction to a virus that's out there now. A lot of people say, oh my God, it kills. It does. Yes, it does. I give you that. We don't know what's causing it. We don't know how to stop it right now. But it's nowhere near as bad as some of the things that occur in this country every cotton-picking year of our life that's far more devastating, and we don't shut the country down over it. So anyway, that's a whole nother show. But fact is, we've got to get rebuilt. We've got to get restarted. We've got to keep going. Um, they are expecting the jobless rate to top at about 20% uh, at the end of May or early June uh, as the initial claims for unemployment insurance benefits arrive at a clip of about $3 million per week. Okay. So they are working on getting this. They are aware that things are going to tank a little bit more. Um, of course, they've had CS CNN out there running its head, so 
I'm not even going to go into their stuff. Um, and just a little fill-in on that, CNN has never been my favorite news outlet. I have not trusted them since they were incepted when I was on active duty back in the early 80s. So, sorry, Ted Turner. Uh, I can't stand CNN. So, anyway. Now, a lot of, the, a lot of your um, uh, politicians are weighing in on this. Um, one of the states out there, um, let me see if I can find out who he is, in, uh, in Ohio, um, Governor Mike DeWin uh, said he expected the state's economy to be 90% reopened by the end of the week and noted the hospitalizations and new cases have hit the plateaus there. So he said the economy is not going to open up no matter what we is not going to open no matter what we do, whatever we order, unless people have confidence. And he's trying to build confidence. So I got to give it to to um, Governor DeWine or DeWin uh, that he's going to try to build the confidence in his uh, residents in his state. And he's right. You know, the people out there in the country have to have confidence in what the government's doing to get it restarted. Um, they got to have confidence that uh, the business owners got to have confidence in the government. They're going to get their employees back. So I encourage our government to please let's get this uh, unemployment mess fixed. Uh, get these people back on the move and let's get our country reopened. Let's relax some of these reopening things that you guys are doing. Yes, I know we still have a, the coronavirus out there, but we've got to do something instead of sitting on our hands. So give us just a few minutes and we'll be right back with the, with my thoughts and look at uh, Lieutenant General Michael Finn, uh, Michael Flynn, the boy, I'm getting that name messed up. Anyway, we'll be right back. Three tours driving Humvees in Afghanistan. Twelve years flying choppers. When my sister came back from her last tour in Afghanistan, she didn't want to talk about it, but she knew I was there to listen. Sometimes my husband still has difficult memories. They can be overwhelming. With the Veterans Crisis Line, I know where to turn when we need support. I made the call and got support for my sister. The Veterans Crisis Line is here for all veterans and their loved ones. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. My name is Corporal Bradley Joseph Seitz. Jerry Reed. Kate Weber. These are real veterans facing a real challenge. I have PTSD. And I have PTSD. I have PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder can happen to anyone. I was still in a war zone in my mind. But treatment can turn your life around. Treatment has really saved my life. To learn about PTSD and how treatment can help you, call your local VA medical center or visit ptsd.va.gov. All right, welcome back. Our last segment, this is closing. This is the thoughts and views from my military mind. And we all know what's been going on the past few days with uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Um, of course, we know he used to be in President Trump's cabinet and uh, got sent to prison or was con uh, convicted on criminal charges. Um, used to be National Security Advisor. Um, of course, the Justice Department last Thursday asked the judge to drop those criminal charges against um, General Flynn. You know, Justice Just Spartan said in his filing it was no longer persuaded 
that the FBI's January 24, 2017 Flynn interview that underpinned the charges was conducted with a legitimate investigative basis and did not think his statements were material, even if untrue. Of course, we know there's opposition on the left and the right applauds the decision to drop the charges. Um, there's a lot of different things in here, uh, back and forth. There was a lot of BS come up about this um, Trump campaign's Russia contracts and it, how it affected the, uh, the election. Uh, there's no evidence that they colluded with the Russians. That's been proven. That's been drawn out. Um, of course, the left says there was no need to interview Flynn because the FBI already had a transcript of his conversation with an ambassador. He was doing the bidding at the time. Um, of course, you know, they never had a problem with the exact words they exchanged. It was why the conversation took place and who directed Flynn to have the discussion. Again, we're getting into the Trump derangement syndrome here from the left-hand side. Just because he went to do it for the president, you know, trying to ease sanctions, whatever he needed to do. I, I don't know. I'm not there. That's what gets me. These people aren't there, but they're going to take other people's word. This supposedly happened. This happened. Yes, we have the recordings. Um, so I don't know. It keeps me up in thinking how General Flynn could get himself in this kind of a position. This is a man who has years of military service. He understands security. He understands you know, levels of confidentiality. He understands how to deal with these other countries. He's done it for years in his capacity as a commanding general, a commanding officer of thousands of men. Um, to say that he is not intelligent or to say that he is you know, a very bad man, no, no. Uh, I think he was used as a scapegoat and he was doing his best to protect his president which is what we do as a military personnel. We try to protect the president. Um, they say that he vi violated the Logan Act, uh, but it's viewed, widely viewed as a grossly unconstitutional law that if it was ever actually used, would gut the First Amendment. But we couldn't say things that we wanted to say. Yet the, the record now shows the Logan Act has become the last refuge um, for Un, untoward Justice Department officials um, who are desperately trying to find a crime, any crime, to use. And they've been using, trying to use this thing against General Flynn. Um, and the incoming National Security Advisor, they, they tried a little bit to use it against him. Of course, now they're starting to get the FBI realigned and get them straightened out. They should be non-political. They should not be influenced by what party's in place or what party's going out or what's outside has the most influence. That's a, I've been law enforcement. I had a lot of respect for the FBI. But when your higher-ups are that political and that driven by their particular party, they need to go. They need to be removed, which we do know that Comey was removed. Um, the two little uh, Jack and Jill lovebirds, the two agents that played their little games, they've been removed. And that should be 
across the board. If you use your political viewpoints to uh, direct how your case is and what you're going to try to, quote, dig up, you need to go away. Um, now, a lot of people ask, why did General Flynn cop a plea? And uh, nobody's really sure. Um, it says Flynn and his lawyers have never been provided with a transcript of his call with the Russian ambassador that they say that he made. So they're not sure what they've got there. Uh, not until late last year that Flynn was provided with much of the material that had led the Justice Department to drop the pro drop the prosecution. And at the time, Flynn did not know about all the shortcuts, missteps, and irregularities um, the FBI used to investigate him. Uh, what's more, the agents who interviewed him at the time did not even think he was lying. Uh, what happened to Michael Flynn happens a lot in America's criminal justice system. It's true. It's fair to ask why the Justice Department has decided to intervene in this case at this time, but it's also fair to ask why, just before a new president took office, and against its own investigators' uh, recommendation, the FBI's leadership kept the case open without proper predication. Um, equality under law is bedrock American principle, and so is a peaceful transfer of power. And obviously, this did not happen. Um, they didn't approach this equally. The FBI did not. Um, it was recommended to them to stop. There was nothing there. And they continued on. Anything they can do, basically they forced this man through pressure to give up. Um, they filed the documents. They've all, that seems to have vindicated. Of course, the left is screaming that, um, uh, the, the just uh, that uh, the Bar Justice Department moves away from advocating on behalf of Trump's political allies and towards attacking Trump's political adversaries, and that uh, they've turned this into a very dubious case. I don't think it's dubious. I think he did what needed to be done in line of the information that is brought forward. If the left is that blind that they cannot read that, I suggest they go take the Evelyn Wood speed reading course and take a quick take a quick look at the documentation and see what it says. Um, because you want to blindly follow your political aspirations and not look at the evidence that's out there, give me a break. Well, Mr. Comey worked around their senior justice officials, uh, including the acting attorney general, Sally Yates, back there, who thought the White House should be informed about that. And mm -mm, no. You know, as he did with the Attorney General Loretta Lynch on Hillary Clinton's emails, Comey acted as if he was a law unto himself and pushed it forward. So it's, I don't know. I think that uh, General Flynn has been vindicated. He needs to be returned back to full duty, uh, whether it be in the Trump White House or uh, their administration. But returning his honor, people, quit quit digging at him. And it's, and it's not because he's a military man. Um, it's because he's an American citizen that was done wrong by the FBI, by our own legal system, by our own top cops in the nation. Um, and it's obvious. Of course, now we know the uh, one side doesn't want to be embarrassed because they went out there and played this game. Uh, and it's falling apart on them. It's backfiring. You know, even 
former U.S. Attorney General Jeff, Sef- Jeff Sessions had made the comment, I'm happy for General Flynn. He was a three-star general in charge of the Defense Intelligence Agency. He was globally sophisticated in international relations, and he was a great help to President Donald Trump. And he's still a Trump supporter, despite what was going on. Um, he went on to say that uh, it was such a sad thing, the way it all happened. Then when we reveal the notes, and the director of the FBI, then James Comey, directed these agents to go into the White House and just a few days after the president took off to go around the White House Council to go around the chief of staff. He admitted he did it to take advantage of the chaos in the first few days of the administration and really set him up in this situation. Um, he went on to say that I'm proud of Attorney General Barr um, for making this decision. I think it's right and justice, I believe, was done. Um, there's a lot of people supporting this. Uh, a lot of folks don't like Jeff Sessions. I get it. Uh, kind of a stigma with him recusing, but there was a reason for that. And again, that's another story for another time. Um, but uh, to sentence a man of this stature for one count of lying during an interview with the FBI, my God, uh, let me see your tapes from all your other criminal entities that go in there, real true criminal entities that go in there. Let's see how many of them assholes lie. Probably about 98.9% of them. Here you got a man with great integrity. You got one instance of where he may have slipped up on something. Give me a break. Um, thankfully, they've, you know, determined, the go- our government has determined this untethered to and unjustified um, by the FBI's counterintelligence investigation. <coughs> now, and anyway, he's still got a little bit of a road. General Flynn will get through this. Uh, the administration will make sure he, he's able to move on forward. Um, they've ordered it stopped. And we've got a, an FBI that hopefully will grow better out of this and get better. So that's my thoughts on that. I, I could get more into it, but sometimes I feel it's really not necessary. But I... Will if there's anybody asking. So, well, look, I got some administrative notes, a special thing. Uh, if you would like to support this show, uh, I do now have a Patreon account. So go to Patreon, sign up, and be a supporter of ViewFromMilitaryMind.com. You can still go to our webpage, uh, ViewFromMilitaryMind.com, or you can write to us at vfamm2020 at gmail.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter if you're from Military Mind. Come on out, support us, let us know what you like, let us know what you don't like. See if Let me know if there's something else you would like to see in this show or if you'd like to see it reformatted a little bit. Uh, this is always a working project in progress. It is a living show. It is for you. Um, I want to know what you want to see. Now, this coming Wednesday is going to be a special show. It's going to be a tight day, but i got a good show. Uh, I did have a post on our Facebook page that had a list of questions. I always ask everybody, ask me a question. Ask me something to look at for you. So there's a list of those questions, and go on the, our Facebook page, View from Military Mind. I'll post them on our website, viewfrommilitarymind.com, or send me an email at vfamm2020 at gmail.com, and I'll send that list to you. Um but it, there's a whole list of questions on there that people would like to have some kind of answers, uh, whether it's true, not true, 
how it came about, things of that nature. So I look forward to that on Wednesday afternoon to get that out to you. Um, Wednesday morning, I will be a guest on Moving It Right, uh, internet TV show, which is also part of the Trump2020.com and MovingItRight.com. So you can also visit them on Facebook at Moving It Right. And I'll be on there with, uh, with Rich, who is the, the host of that show. And I'll be on there as his guest. And we'll get in some, some topics from the, uh, the right side of the world. Uh, so I look forward to seeing, hearing from you all. Uh, hopefully I'll see you all on Facebook Wednesday on Moving It Right. And let me know what you think of the sh- this show today and the show coming up on Wednesday. Until then, be safe. Be happy. God bless you all, and God bless America. This has been a Valkyrie Productions podcast, copyright 2020, with your host, Terry Mills, from Huntsville, Alabama. Until the next time, be safe, and God bless America. America.